everybody. Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Josh, Kev, and the Hound's new sporting director, Dan Visser. Dan, thanks for joining us again. You know, last time you were here, you were a coach, but now you're a sporting director, so that's cool. Congrats on the, cool. I guess, promotion. Would, would you, you consider Thank a promotion? You. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I, I think so, too. Um, we had a whole list of questions. We're just going to like tear these up because like I said, you, you've been Mr. Popular recently and uh, you've been everywhere talking about this role, which is fantastic. I guess before we even get started, obviously today is Bob Lilly and Riverhounds Day. You were at the ceremony uh, at the city building. How was that? What was that experience like? It was cool. I mean, it was, uh, it was a well-deserved honor for Bob. I think it was a well-deserved honor for the team. Um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's cool to get that recognition. It makes me a little bit happy that I'm not involved in politics or just like the pageantry of, of <laughs> the standing up and sitting down and everybody saying lots of nice things and just taking a while and all these kinds of things. But uh, to do it for one morning, it was a it was a fun occasion. I, I saw that Bob was behind the podium. Question: uh, Was his speech longer or shorter than his post game speeches? <laughs> it, it wasn't real long, and he he didn't uh, he didn't know it was coming either. So. <laughs> Um, it was a little bit of a surprise from Matt Grubba, if I can throw his name out there. Um, don't, you know, Bob doesn't love to be recognized individually. Um, he, he wants it to be about the team. But as I said before, I think it's well-deserved from him and his, you know, the role that he's played in the six years that he's, uh, that he's been here. I was going to say, I'm sure Bob absolutely loved all that attention. <laughs> Maybe secretly, sure. <laughs> I think we all do a little bit, but yeah. I, uh... Listen, but, but before we get too deep into it, too, I mean, obviously it's Thanksgiving week. You have a family. Are you, you guys gearing up for Thanksgiving? You ready? Sure. Yeah, it'll be pretty low key. I just spent some time with my in laws. Um, my wife is going to go hunting, which is uh, her second time doing that. She's she's not, she tried last year, went out for a little bit, and she'll try again this year. So it's not really part of what I grew up with, but it is part of what she grew up with. So she's going to go out with her dad. So that's the plan. That was going to be my question. I, you know, I'm in a similar situation where I, there are lots of traditions I did not grow up with that my wife's family did. And that sort of right. puts me in a bit of a pickle. Um, yeah. But good for her for, for giving sure. it a go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess first biggest question I feel like that all of us had when we found out about this, like last year, when we talked to you, you seem to be on a track to become possibly a head coach at some point. Uh, and then we did not see sporting director becoming, you know, in your, <laughs> in your future. Was this like your idea? Was this something that just popped up and you took the opportunity? Like, how did this come about? Yeah. So definitely not like a supernatural progression to go from assistant coach to sporting director. Um, I think that it's probably two things happening at the same time and then coming together. So, uh, my piece of it was, was just kind of wanting a new challenge. Um, you know, I've, I've done different things. Uh, you know, I've, Bob's kind of given me different roles and, 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 and I've kind of just taken some different roles and, and some different roles and responsibilities behind the scenes to, to do some different stuff out of my own interest. Um, and I've been probably honestly eyeing this idea of like sporting director for, for a few years. And so, but, but there wasn't really that position at the river hounds. And so then, I, you know, it kind of just was what it was. And I, I went to Bob uh, kind of in our postseason meeting and just said, Hey, I'd like, I'd like to do something a little bit different. And um, you know, he spoke with Tuffy and then uh, 
kind of unbeknownst to me, he and Jeff Garner behind the scenes had been thinking that they wanted somebody in this role, but they, they didn't want to just kind of hire anybody. They wanted somebody that knew the ins and the outs of the organization. And so, um, you know, and I think unbeknownst to them or certainly unbeknownst to Jeff, because I had the conversation with him, he kind of thought the same thing that I was on very much a coaching track, um, which is certainly fair. Um, but he didn't know that I would have interest in something like this. So I think two things were kind of happening simultaneously. And, and once I kind of vocalized it, um, you know, we, we put the pieces together and I think it, it seemed to make sense. Real quick, like as you were, you said you sort of brought this to Bob, what is it that you recognize within the organization that was almost like a void that needed to be filled? What were you identifying and saying like, yeah, I want to step into this? Yeah. So when I say I brought it forward, I didn't, you know, and we even had the conversation because I said, I'd like to do something a little bit different. Um, but you know, and he kind of challenged me with what that meant, you know, and, and, and what that vision was. And my response was really just that I didn't totally know because it obviously was going to involve other people. I, I can't just totally write my own ticket and say this, these are all the things that I want to do. Uh, it was going to need to be a larger conversation with him, with Jeff, with, with Tuffy. And, um, and I just kind of wanted to start the conversation and start exploring it. So I, it wasn't it wasn't really me coming and saying I want to do this specific thing. It was more just starting the conversation to say that I'd like, uh, you know, I'd like to do something a bit different. I'd like to do something more on the front office side. And um, yeah, like I said, this was this was probably a role that more was created by Tuffy and Jeff. Um, and then I kind of just slotted into it. So first hard hitting question here uh, in the video with the hounds, you uh, mentioned that your son was really disappointed that you were no longer a coach. Has he forgiven you? I think so. <laughs> so and, and the to, to just touch on more dynamics to that story, it started because I had practiced with my son's team at 530 and I was, you know, usually I can get home and, and grab him before I before we go. But this day, you know, I'm like, hey, call my wife. Hey, I'm going to be. I'm just going to head straight to the field kind of a thing. Uh, can you grab my shoes for me? Um, Cause I had like nicer sneakers or we planning to be in the mud and I wanted some muddier sneakers. So she's, she comes by taking Kobe, taking my son Kobe and brings me the shoes, but Kobe doesn't get out of the car. So that, that was kind of the, the start of it. And I don't know what's going on at that point. And the other kids are asking what's going on with them. And I just tell them very honestly, like, I don't know. It wasn't until after the practice that I we get in the car. I'm like, Hey man, like, what was that? What's going on? And, and then he told me, but, uh, you know, I think honestly, like you mentioned, I've, I've been a lot of places the last few days. I spent kind of eight years behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden, like the last couple of days, it's been a little bit uh, or a lot less behind the scenes and a little bit more in front. And so I've, I've actually shown him like texts and I'm like, look, like people are saying nice things about me. Like, like <laughs> other people think this is cool. It's okay for you to think this is cool as well. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they're all good now. So getting into the roles um, that you now have as sporting director, maybe if you can educate us a little bit, because I, I think sporting director is a pretty, I would say, a relatively modern position in, in soccer clubs uh, around the world. I don't know if it's a position that necessarily existed, say, 20, 25 years ago. And so I think we as fans are kind of still learning um, what uh, like what the roles and responsibilities are as far as as far as I can tell, you know, managers might kind of come and go with a bit more frequency and managers might, you know, handle practices and picking starting 11s and everything. But sporting directors kind of maintain a more long term vision, a long term kind of stability around the club about, you know, club values, club culture, club style, things like that. 
Um, one, is that true? <laughs> and two, I guess, how do you kind of see um, the future of, of the Riverhounds Club um, in your vision of, of a sporting director? Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I, I honestly probably couldn't go into like the history of, of sporting directors and when that's originated and all these kinds of things. I have looked around. Um, as I mentioned, it's been something that's been on my mind for a little while. So certainly over the last three to five years, kind of just poking around, there's a, there's somebody on Twitter. I follow that like highlights sporting directors. I've been following him for about three years or so. And so, you know, I think that it probably looks different in every club. Uh, I think that it's also, um, you know, it goes by other names. And I think that probably, you know, whether it's a director of sport and that's, that's pretty much the same name, but something like technical director, there may be some overlap with, with those types of things. So, um, you know, exact. I, I think probably in, in the traditional American sports, it's more like the, the GM um, where they're kind of signing the team. But obviously that takes different forms in different teams as well. Like how involved is the coach? Is, is the coach just kind of, you know, coaching the players that are given to him? Or, you know, is he an active part in signing the team? And then the, the big difference within our club is that we've got the whole academy piece. So, you know, if you're talking about the general manager of, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers, well, there's not there's not a Steelers academy to kind of oversee. So um, that that's really my, what I would say my function will be and is, is to uh, most broadly to kind of oversee the soccer programming, both on the pro side and the academy side. But then I think I think a lot of what I intend to do and, and want to do is to, to serve as a link between all the different parts. So between the front office and the first team, between the front office and the academy, between the academy and the first team, um, and really just to kind of link link a lot of those different pieces. When you're when you're smaller, it's probably less necessary. I think as we've grown, I think uh, to have that position becomes becomes more necessary, um, more necessary. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a broad overview of what I'll be looking to do. I can just say too, you can add my voice to the uh, people saying that this is cool for your son. Like, oh, yeah. this is a cool position. <laughs> you know, you talked a little bit about um, sort of the bridging the gap with the academy, and just something I was curious about. We've seen it in other USL teams. We've seen it in European teams where you sometimes have clubs that will sort of enforce a particular playing style so that it's easier for kids to bridge from the academy to the pro team because you're almost just like taking one piece of the puzzle from the academy and they just plug in perfectly to the pro team. Yeah. In your mind, is that something that you think would be suitable for Pittsburgh or is it more of a wait and see how things develop kind of thing? Yeah, what I'd say is it's it's not like a it's certainly not like an early objective for me. Like I I think that's an interesting question to to think about not even like in this role of sporting director, but just as like a, a curiosity, like, like, should this happen? I think that, you know, you can look at like New York Red Bulls, I think are, are maybe the certainly one of, if not the strongest example of a, of a, of an organization that has a very clear playing model that just runs all the way through all the different teams that they have. So whether that's, you know, and they, and, and they're, they're broader than even just kind of a single club in that it's not just like a, a Red Bull, New York, it's, Red Bull Leipzig and Red Bull Salzburg, and they've got a team in, in Brazil. And, you know, I've not seen the team in Brazil, but like Leipzig, Salzburg, Red Bull, New York, Red Bull, New York two, their academy teams, all those teams have a really defined playing model. Um, and that, that runs through the organization and they've got a, 
a sporting director that's kind of in charge of the whole thing. And I think that they've done a, a very good job to kind of create that from, from top to bottom. Um, you know, for us, I actually had conversations today with Scott Gibson about that. Um, you know, he and I are, we've, we've known each other for a long time, but we've not known each other kind of in this capacity yet. And so this is kind of day, it was announced Friday, Monday was basically getting Rob up to speed. Tuesday, Wednesday was basically like the, the, the front office retreat. So it wasn't really till like Thursday, Friday, today, half the day was spent at this city council thing. So like, I'm like two and a half days on the job and like trying to steal time with Scott. And, and um, but we, we sat down and had a little bit of this conversation today. And it's interesting to think about because forget, forget Bob, Bob's obviously been long tenured here, but like head coaches can, can sometimes come and go. Uh, so then what does that look like? Is the, is the, is the academy or the sporting director really dictating the playing style to the manager? That's an interesting one. Is it going vice versa where the, the sporting or the, the manager, or the head coach is dictating to the academy? Well, now, if he's only there for a couple of years, which we see that all the time, then now you've got a, an entire academy that's changing their philosophy every, you know, two, three, four, five years, whatever it may be. That's difficult because it's not just changing one team. It's you've got to reeducate a whole staff of coaches and, um, so I think for the time being, there's there's maybe some things that we can do a better job of in terms of integrating the two. And, and you know, I don't think it's something like um, a specific formation that needs to be played. But there, there are some principles that I think can can bleed down through the academy. And like I said, I've not had the sit down conversation with Scott, um, but it's something that I think is, is certainly worth exploring. Have you had the sit down conversation with uh with Bob and like, how's that dynamic changing now between you and Bob? Because it is kind of weird that it's like going from assistant coach to Bob. Now you're, you're essentially, I don't want to say his boss because you're not, but you're, you're that in joke. a different that position. joke's been made, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, I think, I think the only way that something like that works is when there's a relationship that's, that's as good as it is between the two of us. And so, um, you know, I think that, he and I worked together for six years and certainly at the, I, I think right away he brought me into every, right away I had a seat at the table. So that was like day one with Bob. It's kind of like you're kind of in or you're, you're not in. And, and when you're in, you're, you're really all the way in. And so I had a seat at the table from day one, but I think over the six years, my role and involvement grew. And that was both a product of me growing, but then it's also a product of him trusting me more. And so, um, you know, I'd say over the last few years, like I've been involved in, in really every player decision that's been made. Um, and I think we can continue to have a lot of those same conversations now, like in this role. Um, things will change, I'm sure. But uh, I think a little bit of that's to be determined. I, I Like I said, I've been on the job for about two and a half days. And, and a lot of that focus has been on just kind of figuring out the academy more so than anything else, just because I'm more familiar with what's going on with the first team. But yeah. So curious, uh, you said you had a conversation with uh, Vincent. Like, what was that? Like, was there like a piece of information you gave him being like, this is how to handle Bob or like work with Bob better? <laughs> like, like No, like it was, I mean, we've had, we will continue to have conversations. Like I'm just, we basically, we actually, we legitimately just switched offices. So he took my office, I took his <laughs> office. Um, so I'm st like, he was, he was upstairs. Now I'm upstairs. So we, we're, we're very close by. Um, I, I told 
Bushy makes coffee every morning. And I said, I'm going to keep getting my coffee here. So, you know, we'll continue to have some of those casual conversations. But um, I mean, in that particular conversation, that particular day, it was more like, here's what's going on with our combines. And here's kind of my advice to you towards uh, kind of how to build that out. Or like, this, this is what I would focus on. Like, basically, like at the moment, I'm probably doing less um, proactive reaching out to college coaches. And I'm like, why don't you take this piece of it? You be, you be more proactive reaching out to the college coaches. People that I have relationships with will continue to reach out to me. Agents will continue to reach out to me. Bob has his own thing. Bushy has his own thing. But um, kind of some of the just very general fishing uh, is is a bit of what I said, hey, why don't you tackle this project? So, And he, he's got his own contacts. So he's already kind of hit them up pretty early, but then you're also hitting up people that you don't know and, and forming some of those relationships. I think it's awesome that, you know, you, you keep saying you've sort of been in the job for two and a half days, but the fact that because you've been here for so long and you guys already have those connections, you're not missing a beat. Like you're just diving right in and, and working things. I am curious, something that we talked about, maybe it was the last episode, but you know, you're now obviously the sporting director. How do you assess sort of the 2023 season and how does that impact how you approach 2024? I, I know when we lost in the first round, I was very conflicted because I was like, we just had this amazing season. We just won, you know, the, the, the league shield, we beat, uh, you know, multiple MLS teams. Like what else do you really, it's the playoffs. Like it happens. Right. So I actually, I, we put out the question on Twitter where I said, I, I said on the show and then I was like, is this legit? I said, if you could guarantee me that we win the shield the next five years, but we go out the first round in the playoffs, would you take it? Because in my mind, I'm like, that's an amazing season. That mm -hmm. means we're winning a bunch of games. You know, we're, we're having a lot of success on the field. And uh, I shouldn't have been surprised, but everyone was like, nope, we, we want to win the cup. But from your perspective as a coach, how do you sort of, you know, um, deal with that conflict? Like, is right. it, do you see it as a success and it's just a blip or is it like, I, we got to do something completely different here? Yeah. I saw you post that. I don't think I answered, but I thought about answering and I would have said the same <laughs> as the majority of the people, which was, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, okay. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose five player shields to win or whatever, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Like yeah. I, I think the goal is to win a championship, to win a playoff championship. So, um, you know, I think that, you're conflicted. I think I'm also a bit conflicted. I think we're all, all all a bit conflicted, especially when you start to see, you know, all the stuff that's come out in the last week or so with, you know, Dequa, we obviously knew he had the golden boot, but he's also the league MVP. We see that Arturo is first team, or, or sorry, more so than even first team. He's the defending, defensive yeah. player of the year. Bob's the coach of the year. Kenny gets second, second uh, team all league. Um, we do finish with the best overall record. So, you know, that's that's a pretty ridiculous season in a lot of ways. And then you throw the Open Cup on top of that. So, um, you know, uh, Krasinski asked me this question and, and you guys may have listened to that episode a little bit. And I'm kind of dissecting it a little bit as I talk to him. Uh, like the, the, the Players' Shield is one, an award and, and something to be, you know, to be celebrated in its own right. But it's also if your goal is to win a championship, then you want to set, you want to take those, the first, whatever it is, nine months of the season to give yourself the best possible chance. So to give yourself the best possible chance, you want to finish in first because that means you get all home games. And that means that you get, uh, you get to play the, the eight seed and you're, you know, whatever. So in a lot of ways, we took eight months and gave ourselves the best possible chance to win, to win, uh, to win the championship. 
obviously it didn't happen, but like, what should we have done differently over those nine months? That's hard to really say because not only did we set ourselves up in terms of home games, in terms of playing the eight seed, but like, we were also super healthy. So, and I think we were, we were healthy. We were also like fresh. It's not like it felt like a tired group that was limping into the, to the playoffs. Like things felt good. So, and then even in the playoff game, I, I think for sure we could have played better, but we did outshoot them. We did like, there were some statistical advantages that we had in that game and we give up a goal. And I, I don't know, I think sometimes maybe, and I've, I've thought about this. I don't know what happens if we, if we can get on the board and like, win one or or advance to the you know win an eastern conference championship and advance to the finals and kind of just get the monkey off our back because i think belief is a big thing it it lets you know that it's possible and it's not just reserved and it's there's nothing magical out there that 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 goes into that like it's just it's still the everyday um and then you also understand that it requires work so winning it maybe just like teaches you those two things and and maybe those are the two things that we have to learn but it can be done and that requires work or the two things. Yeah. It's tricky. Uh, it, you, you mentioned here just a second ago about the fact that, you know, we have Dequa, we have Arturo, you have Lily who got coach of the year. You, you're stepping into this role. Do you already have other teams that are trying to like kick down your door to get access to these guys? Or you just like go away or like what it's a good problem to have, obviously as the sporting director to have all of this talent. Right. Um, just what are your thoughts as you sort of step into that position and know that you sort of have this, this wealth of skill that you're inheriting? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously some guys are free agents, so it's not really about other teams coming to us. Like those players get to explore that with their agents. And so, um, you know, obviously these guys are, are priority targets for us and Bob's been having those conversations. Those not, not conversations that I've been having um, with the agents to try to, re you know, return. I, so there's, there's the different categories, right? Obviously there's some guys who we, we, either have their option or they're just under contract for next year. So those guys are just kind of easy and obvious. Um, but then the guys that are free agents, they're kind of a top priority right away to, to try to get those guys signed. And if, you know, some of those guys may not sign right away on day one, cause they do want to explore different things. Um, and so some of those guys have got to be patient with and, uh, and kind of let the process run its course and, and we can continue to be as aggressive as we can, but you know, you're not going to force anybody to do anything. And it's a, it's a, it's a, big world uh and and you know some of these guys aren't only exploring options in the united states they're exploring options worldwide and so um yeah those are conversations that are being had and, and we'll hope to return as many guys as possible uh, you mentioned the five minute video that got put out um earlier and i think once or twice already but around the discussion for like the academy and uh working with the academy and thinking about like the pipeline from the academy to the pro team and linking it as one kind of unified club. Um, that seems like a really hard thing to do. I, I think for it's been years uh, for the for the couple years we've talked about. Gee, wouldn't it be great to like see a like a substantial amount of like academy players in the first team? But gee, that's hard. You know, for a whole host of reasons. For um, you know how old they are, professional contracts, you know, experience, maturity, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. How, how do you how do you think about the pipeline from youth academy to, to pro teams and then um, kind of that whole kind of ecosystem linking together in a nice way? Yeah, uh, I do think it's hard. I think it's challenging. Um, 
I think we've, I think there's probably two ways to go about it. And I think you can see that we've done both of those things in the last two, three years. Uh, the, the first one, the most obvious one is kind of like Anders. So Anders comes in as a, I don't know how old he was, a nine-year-old kid. And he, he comes up all the way through, uh, and, and signs with the first team, obviously, you know, uh, not a, not a massive impact on the, on the field in terms of actually getting in games, but trained with us every day and he belonged, uh, then I think the other model or the other example would be a Wyatt Borso. So Wyatt comes from Chicago Fires Academy and and comes out here, stays with the host family. And so he's not a guy that comes into our club at nine years old. But I think that's a kind of another option is to to actually scout and recruit players from outside of the Pittsburgh market. And that's, you know, that's what other teams are doing as well. It's not that it's not that these clubs are taking everybody that have just kind of grown up in their local market and then and then turning them into pros. They're also going out and getting players from other markets and bringing them in at younger ages and, and uh, you know, then, then kind of taking the reins and developing them from there. But they're starting kids that are starting with kids that are a little farther along. So I think it's both of those things, you know, like I, I've said many times, like it, I've just kind of gotten started going on this, but I think you know, my head is spinning with ideas. I think that we've got a lot of other, a lot of people within our organization whose heads have been spinning with ideas as well. Um, it'll be on me to kind of make those those ideas a reality. You had mentioned there briefly sort of it being a big world. And I think that when the press release came out that you have the position, the word international was thrown around a few times. I'm just curious how much you have thought about. We've seen a couple cases in the USL thus far where you have academy players that are coming up, they get their first year in the pro team, and then we're they're being sold off to, to, you know, foreign leagues or things like that. Has that aspect of the game. And I, I think what you said, you know, just now about even scouting and trying to just get kids into the Academy, that's a whole nother piece of this. Like, would you see that as being something that you would take on yourself or almost like you would need a team to sort of identify and, and like, is there a future in that for the hounds? Yeah, you mean just participating in the outgoing transfer market, like selling yeah. players and making money? I think for sure, um, you know, we're talking about a lot of like really big things. And and so it's kind of like, you know, I sit there and I'm like, okay, what do we need? What do I, I, I go into the office and now I've got just like these really kind of high end goals of like, let's win a championship. Let's, uh, let's try to bring a, uh, an academy player forward into the first team. Let's try to, to continue to grow the academy. Let's try to participate in the so it's these big ideas um but that is definitely one i've i've even before it was like announced i was interested just in what has our league done and i, I know to an extent but like what have we actually done so i go to transfer market and i print out all the players that have been sold uh to to and like where have they been sold how old have they been because it's not always just been young players either milan Olaski was just sold to a club i forget where Sweden, Norway, somewhere, um, Denmark, maybe. Uh, but he's like 25, I think. Um, can look back to Haji Berry. Haji Berry, I think, was sold to a team in Israel. I might have that wrong as well. But like, you know, he was 29, I believe. So just to say, it's not always just the young players. There's others as well. And I think that probably the success of like our national team, but then the success of players like Polisic and, and Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson and some of these guys that it's it's we kind of now our league and our market in general get to benefit from some of these guys success where clubs in europe and in maybe south america or 
wherever look at our market and say hey that's somewhere that we can we can go get players from so yeah uh switching subject a little bit back to the first team uh so other clubs are announcing players I anything coming down here soon for us any announcements i, I think <laughs> it'll happen soon uh i spoke to grubba today we, we need to kind of get him a list and he's gonna he's gonna get that ready I, I wouldn't expect it before thanksgiving but i would expect it i think probably before the the end of the month deadline so we have i think a november 30th deadline that we need to to make those decisions um I, I'd can, expect something prior to then. You can forward that list to us. That's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just the option, guys. So yeah, yeah. One one last question for you, Dan. We'll get you out of here because it's almost been a half hour, and you know we want to value your time here. Um, our friends over at Hounsey, they they ask the question, and we figured we would just pass it along to you. But have you gotten any word? And again, two and a half days in, have you gotten any word about whether or not? Obviously, we had massive attendance at the games last season. Do we know if the increase in, in attendance will at all impact the potential wage bill for players that you're looking to fill out the first team this year? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I think that that's that's been a, a thing between – I mean, obviously, I'll be more involved in it now in this role, but, but conversations between Tuffy and Bob and um, – you know, Tuffy's always been willing to invest and ready to invest. And, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a, of, we want to be smart with it. We want to continue to be smart with it. And I just know that Bob having been around the block and having seen teams in all different various states of, of financial well-being, it's not easy to be in that position and to go and ask to spend a ton of money when the stands aren't, you know, super full. So even just psychologically, like to, to feel empowered and to feel that it's a good decision to go spend, you know, where you, where you think you need to spend. It's, it's easier to do that when you see that the stands are full, when you see that sponsorship dollars are coming in and when everything just feels healthier. So, so forget kind of like an actual drop dead budget line number. Uh, it's just, I, I think it, it makes more sense for us on the team side to spend when, you know, there's, there's money coming in, uh, in, in, in more kind of substantial ways and, and sustainable ways. Yeah. No, that makes total I, sense. I, sorry. I have one last quick question. <laughs> I, I, I thought I saw this on your Twitter a while ago. <laughs> Good. I, I thought I saw this on your Twitter a while ago and I went back and checked and, and the interview and it was, it was true. Um, I saw you read a book that I really wanted to read. It was the Pep Lenders uh, intensity book. Yeah. I don't know. It just—I haven't finished it, so I won't take credit for it. But uh, oh, okay. after I haven't finished it, but it's—it's it's a very I good book. Any of the books, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it is. I mean, he sets out to write the book before they kind of go on this. I mean, that's kind of how it goes, right? If you're going to start to write a book or, or start a film series or whatever it might be, like you start to record the team, you don't know how the end of the season is going to go, right? right? So they just kind of. It, it coincides that he decides to write this book and then they have this amazing season Liverpool, but it's like a really awesome look into like real conversations that happen kind of in just an office environment. Uh, and so I could really relate to that. And it's pretty cool to see that, you know, it's Pep, it, it Pep Linders and, and it's, it's Klopp, like having these just small conversations or little bits of banter between players or whatever it may be. And like, it's Liverpool, right. And it's like as big a club as there is in the world, but yet it's, it's, there's still people like we are and they still, you know, the players are still, 
you know, same kind of age frame and, and, you know, a player that's not playing is not, not always going to be super happy. And, you know, so all these, all these things were super relatable to me. So I, I thought it was a really good kind of pull back the curtain type, uh, type of book. Nice. Well, Dan, uh, as I mentioned, we, we really appreciate you coming on. We enjoyed talking to you last year. We, this was fantastic. Um, you know, obviously this is a position that you're filling that we've been talking about for a while now. So we're super excited that you're, uh, stepping into it. Um, we know that you're going to do everyone proud. Um, so thank you again for joining us. Best of luck. Have a great Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk again here soon. Yeah, no, I appreciate the support and appreciate your guys' coverage. Um, you guys enjoy your your Thanksgiving as well. And uh, I'm always up to coming on. So no no worries there. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Right. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks. See ya. That was great. Awesome. Yeah. I, re I really almost called him coach again there at the end. I had to, like, stop myself. It's just <laughs> the tendency is to call him coach. Um, King coach. That's what he is now. He's He sits King above coach. it all. <laughs> He's in his ivory tower, and he just looks down upon his kingdom. I I bet you if Lily could have forced him to go up and accept the award on his behalf today, he probably would have <laughs> yeah. like had him do so. Yeah, I'm sure. As King Coach, you have to accept yes, all awards coach. for the team. <laughs> anything from the conversation that sort of, uh, I don't say caught you guys by surprise or anything that was like, wow, that, you know, was interesting that you were sort of hearing for the first time. I, there was a lot that I was yeah. hearing for the first time, but like anything that really caught you. Like just, I, know, I mean, I, yeah, I I know. I thought he was. It was interesting. It was one of the last points. It was it was on my mind. Um, but it was, when it was talk, about the Liverpool book. No, you had to talk about that. Um, Ugh. No, uh, <laughs> I thought uh, his comment around you know how spending, especially on players, can kind of coincide with you know fans in the stadium. Um, I think that's something that was like you know a like a stupid half-baked idea that we would kind of toss around in podcast, not being in a club environment, right? Not being actually like employed by a professional soccer club and you're kind of just speculating about it. And to hear it kind of come from him saying like, no, that kind of does have an impact of, of uh, yeah, how, how it just matches with like the, the trajectory of the club and, and the, the trajectory of the club influences things, even like player signings, right. Of just, more people in the stadium, more revenue coming in can allow you to do more things. And so, yeah, I thought that was, it was pretty interesting. It's like a prestige type thing. Like it's very yeah. much like, you know, fake till you make it type of thing where it's, it's actually seeing the people in the stands, actually seeing the support the city's giving makes you feel more emboldened to actually do that kind of thing. And I, I, my big surprise, not big surprise, but uh, kind of surprise was uh, the, the whole thing about the championship. Um, I find myself trying to logic my way to being, you know, oh yeah, the player shield is a much more substantial award because it's, it means that we did good throughout the whole season and we're the number one team in the season. And really in other leagues, that would be the biggest prize. And like, that should be, you know, what we're actually striving for. And I'm not saying we shouldn't strive for it, but I'm just saying like, saying that to myself just to make myself feel better about not going far in the playoffs ever. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to hear him being like, no, the, the goal is to win a championship. And like, that is the, what they're striving for. So that's pretty it's cool. kind of interesting, like how he was talking about that too, where that's such a, like, I don't know, 
well-structured way to think about it where I think he said like you you do every everything you can in the season to give yourself the best chance yeah and like that just that makes a ton of sense you know and down to you know we didn't look tired we didn't have injuries we you know kind of this like process driven approach of like okay just keep doing the right thing day in day out and then the result kind of takes care of itself I mean, I think he, I, um, uh, this is a little bit putting words in his mouth, but I think he kind of hinted and indicated potential, like the monkey off the back kind of thing. To me, th- those things kind of point to, okay, like mentality switch over, like switches of, okay, like, you know, we, we deserve to be in this place and, you know, we are good enough to go this far and then actually believing it, carrying through. It's a really hard thing to do when you've never done it before. Um, so, yeah, to nail all the, like the kind of individual process moments, I think you know it was a huge achievement. Um, yeah, it's funny how much of what he's talking about, and it makes sense whenever you know you're in it. How much of it is the psychological aspect of it? I think you have a lot of these players who athletically are pretty well even. But you know, we we ask about the money, and he talks about well, psychologically, it's easier to go and ask for more money when the stadium's packed. And like, so there's, there's that little bit. And even when you get to something like the playoffs, sure, you're, you're, you could be, you know, the best team, you could be the most fit team, but psychologically, there's still something you have to get over. And so for him to like acknowledge that and not just be like, you know, just got to brute force our way through it. Like, I think that's good. I think that, that, that it's little edges like that, that are going to get teams over the hump. Um, when compared to other teams that may be still, you know, focusing on just formation or structure or whatever. So it'll be interesting to sort of see what happens here, you know, as we go through the off season and how that is potentially addressed. Um, is anyone else now more nervous that Dequa and Ordonez are going to leave and go play international soccer? As long as they don't go play for like Hartford or, or <laughs> Legion or like, I, I don't like if they're, if they're leaving to go, you know, above this league. Hell yeah. I'm happy for them. That's awesome. It sucks because we lose them, but it, I am super happy for them, but I don't want to see a a single one of these players going to Louisville, going to any like, yeah, that would just break my heart because if they're going to stay in this league, they need to be a hound. It was just funny how he started to talk about, oh, it's like international. And then he started talking about like, well, the players don't have to be young players to like go abroad and be sold. And like in this case, I think both Arturo and Dequa are free agents now. So like so. it wouldn't even be like we could sell them for anything. They would just leave. We don't have very many players that are not or that are on your contract this year. Yeah, we have a bunch that are on options. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Halsey was saying that Danny, like Griffin, is under I think contract? he has the longest contract. Uh, yeah. Then, like, he come back and I'm like, we're signing him for four years, something like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I. Dan's great. Yeah. yeah. We should just like you know have him on every week. <laughs> just feel like, what happened? There, he seems like he's gonna be pretty busy. Like, yeah. yeah I don't want that. that for us yeah. for <laughs> you know? He gave that list of things that he's like you know big broad ideas that he has to deal with right now, and it's yeah. like, oh boy, yeah, yeah. you yeah. you enjoy that. <laughs> Um, just to sort of, uh, you know, throw more praise Hounsey's way. They did just have a show where they talked a little bit about the players that have options and they sort of went through the whole, you know, uh, uh ex- mental exercise of like who should, st- who they think is staying, who they think is going all that. So I encourage you to listen to that. We're not going to rehash that right now. Um, you know, it sounds like in the next few weeks, we'll have some sense of at least whose options are going to be picked up. So, um, we'll sort of wait, hear back from that and then have conversations around that guys. Um, 
what else is going on? I feel like, you know, how, how are, you know, we just talked to Dan. We had a show immediately after this. Well, was it immediately? I can't remember how soon after it was the season ended. Josh, I don't even, were you on that episode? I think you might've still been away or were yeah, you here? For that? Have I been on an episode since the season ended? Was I don't think so. So oh, like, how, wild. how are you guys like coping yeah. What, what have you been bring doing? this pain what back up to the surface? No, like the... Not, is the is the pain gone? Like, is it is it washed no. away? No, it it feels like a void more than a pain right now because like leaving to go to Vegas and like being like, yeah, I'm gonna miss a playoff game. It's the first playoff game. It really sucks, but I can't like reschedule a freaking concert. And then thinking like, but it's the first one, and we have all home ones. Like it's gonna be there when I come back. And then it not being and just being like, oh. I just like missed the last game of the season and like everything. I was just like, okay, this sucks. Like this really blows, but uh, yeah, more of a void uh, anger at first, because obviously this team, I felt like should have been able to get the job done. Uh, I don't want to say deserved it because no team deserves anything. Like you have to earn it. So, but yeah, it was not a stage cool. of grief. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and then, you know, you have the whole Everton thing coming in to just sort of keep washing over that. So, you're yeah, like, yeah, it's great. You know, <laughs> being mid-table team again was looking so cool. I was like, oh, we're actually going to be okay. Ten-point deduction. What? Okay. So, yeah. That was cold, Mike. I, uh, I asked what else has been going on. That obviously has been a big thing going on. <laughs> uh, Toffee TV, one of the YouTube channels I follow for everton and watching their video like they do a podcast and that kind of stuff like a video podcast uh and watching their video right after it happens they're like very professional usually and very much like you feel like you're watching like a a sports tv like a channel they have a whole set and everything like that and they're really top notch right and then watching that happen and then like them just lose it and like just <laughs> on air like on air because they're a podcast but like just like this is blah blah they're like blah. i was just like oh yeah. oh wow okay all right <laughs> yeah they're not wrong i mean no, I, they're not. I yeah it will be interesting to see what happens now with city and chelsea but yeah kev how have you been filling your time other than reading books about liverpool apparently not reading them just not reading them. <laughs> just noticing when other people read them exactly no i just saw it pop on his i i that must have been buried in my like, subconscious because i was like dan visser like pep linder's book yeah okay yeah and i just went back and checked um thankfully for me dan doesn't like tweet a ton so i was able to find it pretty quickly <laughs> but uh no yeah i mean it's you know i don't know I haven't been doing much. Uh, just kind of laying low, reading, running, making coffee. It's pretty much my headstone when I go out of this world. <laughs> so, cool. Kevin Hipster, got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say, Kevin Hipster. The end. What about you, Mike? What uh, what what, uh, what have you been up to? What Mike? life splitting things have happened? I don't know. What are you talking about? Kev? For those who can't see, my left thumb is completely bandaged. Um, Kevin knows. I told Josh just before the show because I know that I typically talk with my hands. Uh, yeah. So about a week and a half ago, I was um, uh, splitting wood, uh, like chopping up firewood, and with a hatchet. And I was um, making kindling, so making smaller pieces. So not like two-handed swinging axe, like one-handed swinging. 
and did something really stupid and slipped and literally cut a piece of my thumb off. So um, got rushed to the emergency room uh, and they were able to get the bleeding to stop, but um, the instructions from them weren't great. And it actually got somewhat worse to the point that when I got it checked on about a week later, uh, the pain was so excruciating that I passed out. And as my wife said, I started thrashing about like I was having a seizure while I was completely unconscious. Um, but since then, um, we've been able to make sure that we take care of it every day. And uh, it's a thing. But uh, it's for those who are like, what, where, how? It's above the knuckle. So it's not like I'm like lost most of my finger and I didn't hit the bone somehow. I have no idea. But just imagine like a 45 degree angle, just like taken right off the top of your thumb. So my thumb is not. Yeah, my thumb, <laughs> my thumb is now going to come to a point um, once it eventually heals. But uh, lesson learned, and uh, you know, hopefully my example will be an example for all of the kids and scouts and crap and stuff that I do, so that they don't do the same thing because it's go. a very simple, stupid mistake to make. You can now play the starting out as villain but turns into sweet old man and christmas movie character right, right? Yeah. you can just like you're the gr you're the gruff like you know yeah misunderstood character that turns out to be a loving... jacked up hand yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's great yeah that's that's sort of been what's been going on the past week and a half in all honesty um think of all the cool halloween costumes you can do now i don't know there's just tons of stuff you can well do. like who, who is missing <laughs> half the Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said think of. I, <laughs> this is Kevin's whole thing. I don't read the books. I just point them out to you. Yeah. I don't know the characters. Have you ever out to you. Have you ever thought of this? Go. Uh, that's, yeah. that's all I do. Oh, my entire life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh so that happened. But um we're all good. Do you guys have anything going on for Thanksgiving? Josh? Yeah, we always have Thanksgiving in our house, uh, our Friendsgiving um, tradition. Uh, but all of our friends are getting older, and uh, it's going to be a little bit lower key, but looking forward to it. And uh, I always watch the parade. It always what makes is, fun of me because I'm. What does lower key mean? Like, it's not going to be like a full house here on Thanksgiving. It's going to be like maybe five people coming to visit That's instead decent. of being like. Oh, we have a whole crew here, like twelve people, and right, yeah. Those five people that are coming now are like, "Hey, hold on now! Like, am I not important? Like, what's the deal? You seem nonplussed by this." this, this I like that you think those five people will listen to. <laughs> no, they they will not. That's I assure you. <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair. Yeah. No, we're doing so. Uh, Kevin and Riley, I'm not answering for you, Kev, but you guys are staying. You can, I don't care. <laughs> They're staying in Tennessee. So Wednesday, my parents and our other brother are just coming over and we're having like a late lunch, like white chili, like super low key. And I'm actually really looking forward to that. And then Thursday we'll go and visit my, uh, my in-laws and they'll do the whole thing. And, then... and you're really looking forward to I'm that too. Really looking <laughs> I got you. I saved right. you. It's okay. Yeah. Good yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, you and Riley laying low. Yeah. I mean, it turns out to be one of our like, yeah, most relaxing holidays. Um, because yeah, we don't go anywhere. We don't, we don't really do anything. Um, I'm very lucky that Riley 
I think I don't think she would disagree with me in saying that she gets a little bit of joy out of like baking the pies and like doing you know the food and everything and creating the list. Um, so she'll be captaining that, and then I'm just on you know dish duty, getting in there trying to keep up with with the cooking. So um, yeah, I mean it's just. <laughs> wake up, parade on, then dog show. And then it's just like eat whenever the food's ready. Just kind of chill. So uh, yeah, it'll be good. Do you guys watch the parade like to actually enjoy it? Or do you watch it ironically and just make fun of everybody that's in it? Nah, I there, I think there's some wholesomeness in it. I don't I don't make fun of it. It's just like, like oh, every, that's nice. I like, can tell I'm old because every musical guest, I'm like, who the hell is that? And then like you'll randomly have like the Goo Goo Dolls, and I'm like, man, they just look bad. Like I know them, <laughs> they look old. You're like sweet a band I know. Oh my yeah. god, they melted. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Speaking of Josh, we didn't. I mean, was the concert good? Oh yeah, when we were young, it was fantastic. Yeah, I had a blast. It was way too many people. I mean, that was the only negative. It's just it's so packed. Yeah. Uh, I'm spoiled because uh, here in Pittsburgh we have Four Chord Music Festival, which is like a pop punk music festival that's a lot more low key, smaller, not as big as artists. Like they might have three people that are like headlining that you've heard of, and the rest are kind of like smaller pop punk bands. Um, but I love that festival because it's so low key. It's at Wild Things Park. So you're just like walking around, a bunch of vendors. You can have like as much room as you need. And then I'm at when we were young and it's like, I don't want to move from this spot because if I do, I'm not going to be able to get the spot again or anywhere close to the spot. So I'm just going to be, even though there's four stages, I'm only going to watch these two stages because if I go anywhere, I'm going to miss Blink or I'm going to miss Green Day or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, we just kind of like hung out in the same spot for like the last half of the concert. So that way we didn't miss anything. Who was the best band? Um, honestly, seeing Blink live was great because the first time I saw them live, they completely sucked. So it was <laughs> like yeah. back in the day, like a uh, pop disaster tour 2012, I think. No, not even 12. It might be 2002, 2002 or something like that. And they were like just newer band, very much just really drunk, forgot their lyrics. But then, you know, 2023, Blink-182, they're all older. They all actually care about you know what they're doing a little bit more it felt like so watching them live now was like oh wow this is a good fun time like and they're they're polished and they they're fun so that was that was really nice but nice. no effects mike, was... no effects sorry uh take back sunday is also great there's a lot of good ones mike when was the last time you gone to like a concert <laughs> you like segue you were like reading my mind uh, we we went to a concert air quotes uh right before halloween susan and i went it you wouldn't consider this a concert um there is i'm gonna forget the, the name ligonier big no 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 no, no 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 we, we've done plenty of those i don't count those no there was um right before halloween there is a old uh monastery on the north side in pittsburgh that's now a hotel uh and i can't remember the name of hotel it's, it's a nice hotel but they did a string quartet the entire thing was by candlelight but they played halloween music so and by halloween music it was like beetlejuice and ghostbusters and there was like some uh classical music that was like mixed in but it was really cool like you you know the 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 quartet were like younger guys and they were all having fun with it and like joking in between songs and like it was a blast and we were said we didn't take the kids because we pitched the idea to them they're like that sounds dumb but they like would have loved it 
there were lots of couples there like doing the whole like selfie thing with the candles and we we're like yeah but it was it was amazing if they ever come back and do like the candlelight classical stuff like i'm going because it was so much fun um and it was a cool setting That's you've cool. never sounded older than you did i know i know i know like you you threw in the orchestra you threw in candlelight and then you threw in and the kids taking selfies <laughs> doing that thing i'm trying yeah. to think of like I'm, I'm a lot of couples to... you know enjoying their life yeah. and i'm just over here just... look at them in love <laughs> i'm legit trying to think of like what the last like concert concert i have gone to it might have been it start what was star lake they don't call it star lake anymore i don't even know what it's called anymore it's an amphitheater in pittsburgh yeah um that was still star lake you know, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't know um and we saw it, I think it was Goo Dolls, and it was um, oh crap, who sings uh uh Mr. Jones, Counting Crows. Yes, it was Counting Crows and the Goo, Goo Dolls. So that was years. You might have been there with us, Kev. I think you were, and that was that. That was the last one. I haven't been to a concert since. Hey, we need to get you to a concert. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, enough about us, guys. Um, <laughs> we're still figuring out what our off season looks like. Uh, obviously this is the first time like the three of us have gotten together. We've obviously all chatted in, 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 in our little Slack and we're making plans. Um, but let us know what you think. Uh, you know, obviously we have Thanksgiving coming up. Um, there's lots of other people that we can talk to, you know, as Dan mentioned, they're going to start announcing some players here before the end of the month. So within the next two weeks. Uh, so that'll be cool. Um, I'd love to talk to Jeff Garner, get a sense of what's going on with the stadium. I know that they just had sort of their offsite meeting that they had at uh, PNC Park, I believe, uh, where they sort of laid out all the plans for 2024. So it'd be great to pick his brain about that. We know some of the returning players like Danny Griffin. We know Rob Vincent is now back in the picture. We've talked to him a few times in the past. It'd be great to have him on. To, you know, welcome to, you know, Bob's world. What's that like? <laughs> Get his thoughts. <laughs> I mean, so, we could also ask him, you know, going from – academy the pro yeah, yeah, yeah. there's lots like... there's a lot we can we have theories about what's actually going on here but we won't put on you our tinfoil hats for this i have a theory <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna put my tinfoil hat on for this one um but yeah lots of people we can talk to lots of stuff going on obviously if there's anything that you would like to hear us see or do or whatever give us a shout you can find us on youtube you can find us on x or twitter or whatever you call it um yeah anything else guys cool everybody have a safe happy thanksgiving and uh thanks again for joining cheers later